If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You are listening to the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. Now, in today's episode, we answered fitness and health questions that were asked by our audience. We answered four of them. But the way we open the episode is by talking about uh, our personal lives, talk about current events, bring up some studies, talk about our sponsors. We're open books. Today's intro portion was 50 minutes long. After that, we got into answering the fitness questions. So I'm going to give you a rundown of today's entire episode. We opened up by talking about my advanced baby boy. He's doing things way sooner than other kids. Such a genius. Huh? Yeah, it's not a reflection of me, is it? Yeah. Then, I, then we talked about the first cars that we ever owned, uh, and we all compared who had the worst car Adam wins again. He had the worst <laughs> car for sure. It was his first car. Again. Then we talked about social media and uh, speculated on what the problem is with social media. Why is it making people act so silly, irrational, and crazy? Then we talked about our good friend Jordan Shallow, uh, one of his stories. We made fun of him for a second, which led us to talk about Felix Gray blue, blue blocking glasses. Now, blue blocking glasses block the blue light that can prevent melatonin production at night when you sleep it can make you sleep worse so what you do is you put these glasses on about an hour or two before you go to bed and you get way better sleep this is proven by studies or if you're up all day long looking at computer screens and you get eye strain try their glasses out they don't change the color of everything so they're not orange and red they are clear but they do effectively block blue light uh, go check out felix gray go to felixgrayglasses.com that's f-e-l-i-x-g-r-a-y glasses.com forward slash Mind pump. Uh, then we talked about uh, Adam's oatmeal in the morning. He's eating a new oatmeal. He's mixing some whey protein in it to make it high-protein oatmeal. This is actually a meal that I used to do all the time with my clients. Real easy way to get great macronutrients first thing in the morning. Uh, and it, he talked about his favorite protein being from Legion. Legion is a company we work with that produces performance-enhancing supplements, protein powders, pre-workout supplements, fish oil products, Great company, uh, very, very uh, versatile products, um, and everything in there is transparent. So you look at the label, what it says is what it has. Uh, go check them out um, and use the Mind Pump code to get 20% off. Go to buylegion.com forward slash Mind Pump. So that's B-U-Y-L-E-G-I-O-N.com forward slash Mind Pump. Use the code Mind Pump, get 20% off, or if you're a returning customer, get double rewards points. Then we said happy birthday to Justin, who just turned 41, Yay. which led us to talking about our favorite decade that we've ever lived in. Then we got into the questions. The first one, this person wants to know if you should switch up the exercises that you do in trigger sessions or if you should keep them all the same. So those of you that follow MAPS Anabolic know what trigger sessions are. If you're listening and you're not quite sure, listen to that part of the episode because we explain what they are and why they're valuable. The next question, this person's been working on ankle mobility for six months and their ankle mobility doesn't seem to have improved. They would like some help, so we offer it in that part of the episode. The third question, this person says, is there any scenario where you would recommend a fat burner? Uh, so we talk all about fat burning supplements in that part of the episode. And then the final question, this person says, how important is it to have goals like uh, fat loss or muscle gain or aesthetics when you are working out? Uh, also, this month, uh, we're in February now, uh, we have a new workout bundle. We're calling it the Phase 2 Bundle. Uh, this bundle includes two very effective MAPS workout programs. So the first one is MAPS Performance. This is an athletic performance-based 
workout program. So you get uh, nice muscles, you get fat burning, you develop an amazing body. But while you do it, you move better. You get better rotation, better speed, better power, and better balance. The other program is MAPS Aesthetic. This is a bodybuilder program. So if you're interested in sculpting and shaping and building your body, MAPS Aesthetic is the program for you. So you might be wondering why we have an athletic program combined with MAPS Aesthetic. Well, that's because they're the perfect programs to combine to give you an aesthetic performance-based physique. Now, both programs at retail would cost you close to $250 or $300, but right now you can get both of them for uh, $79.99, so under $80. So $79.99, you get access to both programs in the Phase 2 bundle. By the way, uh, they also come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Go check them out. Go learn more. Go to mapsfebruary.com. That's the word maps, M-A-P-S, February, which is F-E-B-R-U-A-R-Y.com. T-shirt time! And it's T-shirt time. Oh, shit, Doug. You know it's my favorite time of the week. Yes, it is. We have two winners for Apple Podcasts. We have one winner for Facebook. The Apple Podcast winners are... E Greg09 and Daniela Florida. And for Facebook, we have John Campbell. All of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Include your shirt size and your shipping address, and we'll get that shirt right out to you. I know every parent thinks this with their kid, but uh, I think my, my baby might be just super advanced. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Superhuman, almost. I think right? so. Yeah. yeah. Weird. No, you don't. I saw it. that video. He just uh, decided to roll over. Yeah. He'll, he'll do something, and then I'll look up. Jessica's like, "Don't do that." And I'm like, "No, no. I want to see what the average age is for when kids are supposed to do what he just did." Because <laughs> yeah. I want to see what's going on. He yeah. rolls over, and he's he kept doing it over and over again. That's really early right now. Twelve weeks. Yeah, he's twelve week, twelve weeks old. Apparently, it doesn't it's supposed to happen in I guess four more weeks or yeah. four, four to six more weeks. All that Cirque de Soleil genetics uh, coming in. There, None huh? of mine. Yeah. yeah, has nothing to do with me. It's a hundred percent mom. Totally. Um, maybe, totally. Wouldn't it be weird if he ends up being like a super athlete? I think it would be so funny. I yeah. just rub it in, oh, his yeah. face all day long. I would be so. <laughs> I would love that. Uncle Adam. You have would to be go to so, all the games. Yeah, I know. Excited yeah. to drag you to all the games. Oh my god. Dude. Oh my god. I know you guys will be like. We'll be his biggest fan. Yeah. It's yeah. Good thing you guys have us as your uncles. Cause, yeah. Because your dad doesn't know yeah. what hey, the fuck is going on. You guys wearing his jersey. <laughs> like you're just like I'm the sports ball thing. You, I don't you, know. you guys yeah. will be getting texts from me, but like, hey, uh, my kid wants to throw the ball outside. You guys mind coming over? And <laughs> doing that because I'm not. Don't worry, we got you, Sal. But he's got these. He's like he's got these. Like I told you guys. Get these like little muscles on his little body. Yeah, it just yeah. yeah, he's a little muscular dude. It's just weird. It just cracks me up. So yeah. we have a lot of fun. And, and now and then. So anyway, that happened yesterday, right? So he's doing the rollover thing, and he's so tenacious. So and it's funny. He's doing it, and at first he got stuck because arm got pinned under his, his his body. So he's turning, but he's he's like balancing and trying to make it happen. And Jessica's just like. Uh, let me help him. I'm like, no, you can't help him. Let him do it. He's got to do it on his own. Yeah, yeah. So you could tell she's like, I want to help him. He's going to get frustrated. Anyway, he's, he did it, and he was pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. He kept trying over and over, and then the pride was swallowing because he's just tenacious. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't give up. He sounded just like me. An yeah. overcomer. Yeah. That was the battle between Katrina and I. I was like, oh, let him, let him, let him work for it. Yeah. Let him fight. That's the important thing. It anyway, starts now. It starts now. It's so cute because <laughs> training starts now. He's such an age difference between him and the older kids because like my daughter's 11, so that's a big age, and then my son's 15. 
So it's it's different. It's like they're not like typically when you have siblings, there's a little competition, maybe a little jealousy, but they're so far apart. It's almost like he has two other parents in the house. Well, so we're all watching and cheering him on. It's so fun. And then when he did it, my daughter's screaming. And you know what's weird that I I <laughs> I didn't it just didn't come full circle for me until this probably the last like five five to eight year range or so with my my two youngest like you know and you're gonna go through this exact same thing because they're the same age gap right mm -hmm. is uh, Aurelius is not gonna remember them in the house maybe. Not maybe. He won't really. Like well, very, very little. Like my, my brother and sister, like, well, of course on. they remember you me. You moved out at what age, though? 17. I was out early. I doubt I doubt any either one of my kids will move out by that time. You know, I think they'll probably be home until they're in their early 30s. 20. <laughs> no, for real. I'm not that age. Hey, I'm not that Italian. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know. That would have yeah, been that's uh, like if a I didn't cultural get, thing. If, yeah. if I didn't get married early, yeah. that would have been me for sure. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think they'll be there for, but even then, if you, if you figure, even if my daughter's home for another 10 years, he'll be, you know, 10 when she, when yeah, she leaves. Yeah, but a bulk mm -hmm. of that okay, right. is, and when you don't fool yourself to think that when she gets 16 and licensed, like she's not, like that's what happened with me was, by the time they were old enough to really yeah. know me, or I was off doing my own thing all yep. the time, and so we didn't really even even though I remember every diaper I changed, every mm. time I put in the bed, all the time quality time I spent with them from one to six, mm -hmm. they don't remember any of that. So yeah, it's like we true. have to rebuild this relationship as adults mm. because they don't remember that. I feel like they're going to took be, me a while to like that to register. Yeah, I feel like they're going to be more like uh, a, a cool aunt and uncle. Almost like that kind of relationship versus like a traditional sibling relationship, yeah. you know? I'd like to see the statistics on kids now that are motivated to get their license. Like I have heard it. it's it's like they're it's like twenty one's the average it now is, where it they is. like it is. Yeah. I, the book Igen got into that actual statistic. Like it is, I think it's like twenty one, something like that. It's, wow. Yeah, it's getting up. Well, that's we, so crazy, man. That was like the staple of freedom. Well, because when we were kids, if you didn't have your license, you had there was you couldn't do shit. Yeah. You were there was nothing to well, do. Well, it's a, yeah. it's the natural progression if you believe what I mean, I think Sal's uh, alluded to this before that you know, we we may not be driving our own cars in the next, you know, twenty years or whatever like that. There's true. There's a real. It won't matter. Yeah, exactly. So it, I think the generation coming up is already transitioning that way. It's like, why own a car? Well, look how look. It's at like it. one of the worst investments you can ever buy in the first place. And well, look at this. So yeah. uh, my my sister's fiance is a police officer, and uh, I talked to him about this. He says it's totally true. He says one of the the number one deterrence to car theft is if you have stick shift. Because if your car stick shift, that's it ain't hilarious. gonna get stolen. Oh, because people great. don't know how to drive stick. Yeah, it's a foreign anymore. animal now. Yeah, it's, my kids have never seen. I don't think they've ever been in a car that's stick shift. Oh, that's so funny. to them, it's totally. Dude, weird. How, how long did it take you guys to uh, master the stick shift? That's how I took my drive. That's the first car I drove. That's yeah. how I took my test. Yeah, I, I learned at fourteen on a stick shift. Yeah, yeah. We lived out in the <laughs> just uh, as all as thirty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <I> just learned. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, really. Hard. That's all we had though. I mean, when we yeah. were when I was a kid and we lived out in the country, like. You know, my parents let me drive the car. The tractor? <laughs> well, actually, well, no, the tractor didn't come until a little bit later, but... Uh that's yeah, a I, tricky clutch. I learned on a stick. I still, I actually, that's a vivid memory of me the first time getting to drive uh, the stick and, and, you know, trying to remember the clutch and the shift. And and when I would do that, uh, I would look down, and, you know, then you'd veer into the oh other, other side. Of, oh, I mean, you're on the middle of the country, so that's why we could do that stuff, right? So my parents weren't worried about taking me out to do that. Well, I learned yeah. how to operate, uh, like, the basics of clutch and, and gears and all that stuff with a motorcycle. So when I was a kid, my dad mm. had bought a one of those uh, 50 like little those little mini bikes or whatever, mm -hmm. and so it's like a little dirt bike, and it was had a clutch and everything. So that's how I learned the basics of 
how to push a clutch, how to, you know, how to downshift and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So then switching to a car was super. My first car was a Dodge Colt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, stick shift. <laughs> just a piece of shit. Yeah. I, I had a Honda, <laughs> little Honda Civic that was like, you know, one of those really old, like brown, just ugly turd of a car, right? But it was uh, my brother's first car that he was learning how to do stick shift. And so we would go to this like abandoned lumber yard. And I was like, I was 13 and he was 15. So, you know, my dad was in there and we went, we, we tried after that to, to go out back to, uh, you know, just drive on the road. And there was all these like girls walking by. And I remember he stalled it and like my dad gets out and he's like, go around. He's just learning. And my brother's like just hiding, you know, cause like all these girls are just like laughing as they walk by. Uh, oh, I, was, I was mortified for him. I had, so my Dodge Colt was the car that my mom had drove forever. And so my parents give it to me and I just wrecked. I mean, I just destroyed that thing because you know. With yeah. the, here's the thing for people listening right now: the 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 fun of driving a stick shift car, even if it's a slow piece of crap, is you can make it a lot of fun. You yeah. can do things with the engine, and you can, you know, you can downshift and just even if it's oh, and, you spin donuts. And, oh, yeah, so that that's what I was doing, and I just ruined the clutch. I ruined the whole thing in that car <laughs> before. It up, yeah. Before I moved to the next car, which was my uh, I had a was a Toyota pickup. Actually, my favorite car I ever owned was my second car. Oh. Toyota pickup, oh, yeah. love that thing. What right. was your first car? Uh, my first car was a Toyota Camry. So it was a it was the hand me down. It was a 1987 uh, turd brown Toyota. Camry. You guys had your turd brown hey, car. No, man. it was a turd brown, and it was it like was the style. It was then. a faded turd brown too, because it yeah. had been the sun. It wasn't even bleached. a fresh turd. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, and then the headliner or whatever was like hanging oh, down, so I couldn't bro, even see this out the thing, back. This thing was like that. It had a busted out tail light. It had the the trunk lock had a, had been a drill bit gone through it because my parents locked the keys. <laughs> In there one time, it had uh, four different tires and rims on it. It had uh, mildew inside of it because they left it a window open in the winter and it got rain inside, and so the inside smelt like mildew. Wow. Oh, yeah. It used to kick out a second gear, so you'd be driving in second gear and all of a sudden, poof, kick out in the neutral. You know, the engine wow. go up, yeah. So that was my first. <laughs> That's my, awesome. Yeah, yeah. That was my first car. Was uh, and the my second car only came because my parents. Grounded. I don't know if I've ever shared this story on the podcast. Oh, yeah, I remember. I know you guys know this yeah. story, right? So my 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 second car was actually a really cool car. Or at least I thought it was a really cool car, an Acura Integra. That is a cool. That was a great car. Yeah, it was a very cool car. In the car 90s, back. that was one yeah. of the coolest cars. And it was my grandma totally like spoiled me and got it right. So it was. Uh, so what happened was my my parents grounded me. I was late for curfew or or something. I don't remember what it was. It was like something stupid, uh, and I was grounded. And the grounding was. Uh, for the next month, I had no car. And I worked, you guys know this, at 4 o'clock in the morning before school milking cows. So, And that was like a good, I don't know, I think it was like seven miles or so, five to seven miles. So you got to walk, buddy. Oh, so I rode, the, rode my bike. So I'd ride my bike. I had to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to get there in time to yeah. be there, riding my bike to school. And I remember <clears throat> I did that for like a week or so, and I broke down on like you know day 10 or whatever, uh, because on my way at four o'clock in the morning, my my chain broke, so my chain breaks on my bike, and I'm like just oh, distraught. Just oh, just totally demoralized, knowing that I have miles to go still. My chain breaks. It's four o'clock in the morning. Who do I call? I call my girlfriend, and my girlfriend came and picked me up, like because she she had her license before me. Uh, so she and she wasn't that far from where I was at, and so she woke up at four thirty or whatever time it was around there. Came, picked me up, took me to work, and I called my grandmother that night crying and saying, hey, at that time I had about $1,000 saved up, and I said, uh, uh, Grandma, I'm 
crying, telling her the story of what happened. Mom, dad, they took the car from me. This is the situation. I've got work. Um, I, I, I really need my own car <clears throat> and you know, it, it's, I just wanted to be able to go to work and do that. And my grandma was like, you pissed. Like they took it from work. They took it from you to be able to go to work. That's ridiculous. And she's like, I'll be there tomorrow. Like, and she drove down from the Bay area to come, come see me. And I said, listen, I only have a thousand dollars. I was thinking I'd get like a, you know, five or $10,000 S10 Chevy pickup that's used and make, you know, I'll make, if you co-sign for me, I'll make the payments. And so we went, and when we went to see that, she's like, I'm not buying you some broke-down used car that's going to break down in three years on you anyways. Let's let's go get something new. And I was, of course, as a teenage boy, <laughs> you're like, what? Yeah, what? Like, yeah. Eyes light up. <laughs> well, what do you want? Well I, well, I have this car. It's like a dream car for me, which I took her over to the Acura Integra, and she bought it uh, while we were there. And it was like, I can't. that's when I came home, and... My parents fucking flipped a lid. They flipped a lid and they said, you, you either have, uh, you have two choices. Either one, uh, you take the car back uh, and you get to live here. Or if you- uh, you, you get to live in your car. Yeah, or you get to live in <laughs> yeah. your car. And of course, a teenage boy, I go, cool, I'll just live in my car. Cool, yeah, so I went no back to my bags. I went back to my bags and you know, threw it in, not knowing where the fuck I was going. You know, I just threw yeah. my bags in there and then I took off to uh, a That friend. wasn't the same red one that you had, yes. was it? Really? Yes. No shit. Yeah, yeah. I had that for that long. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah so I remember was, that. Uh -huh. I had that car all the way until- I, was, I remember when I finally got another car because I was like, okay- Then you modded the hell out of it, I'm sure. Right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. As a kid, when I- so the how I got the car back, right? So the my parents had me arrested as a runaway. By the way, if you're under 18 and you you can't just run away, if they want to, they can call the cops mm -hmm. on you. So they had me arrested. Government getting the way again. <laughs> so they had technicalities. <laughs> they had me arrested over that. I got chastised by this cop, thinking that I was just this terrible bad kid. I had to get my grandmother came, picked the car up, took it back to San Jose, and it stayed there for almost a year in her garage, never being driven. And my parents made all these like, you need to have a you know 3.5 GPA, and you can't doing this, can't doing that. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, I went on this kick for a while. Like I was not speaking to them. Like, I'm not going to speak. I like sitting at dinner, like silent. Like I went like, I went <laughs> oh, weeks, man. like no, no, like I, I hated them. I hated them for yeah. this. And, uh, they, when I turned 17, they started to let up when they, when they saw that, that, okay, this kid is like, he's so angry about this. Like he may leave us and never come back. I was, and I was determined that way. Like I was so hurt and angry at that time in my life with them. Uh, of course, for other reasons too. Uh, that I was telling them like when I when I get out of here, when you when I have the when legally I can leave you guys, I'm out and I'm never coming back. And so they started to like really loosen up on how strict they were towards that like final year and and let me get the car back mm. and I got to have the car and then I was working every bit of every paycheck I had probably went into modifying it and making it the way it was. Damn, yeah, yeah. that's a good car. That's a great car though. Oh yeah, uh, no, yeah. I mean I had yeah. it all the way till like a hundred and I don't know one hundred fifty thousand miles. It got stolen. So oh, that, okay, so it got stolen way later, right? When way I was, oh yeah, way later it got yeah. stolen. I had, you're the only person I know, by the way, who's had how many cars stolen? <laughs> I've, I've had two cars, stolen. just two. Okay. Yeah, yeah, two. But, but still a lot though. But it was all around that place that you lived. Yeah, like, both stolen from yeah. in front of my house yeah so different houses though so one house it was the one was in a gated community yeah these, and these it, angry ex-girlfriends don't just key cars anymore, yeah, no huh? yeah <laughs> they just steal them <laughs> that i've had no, also no, right so i've had a, a key a car key <laughs> to an ex type market. of deal i've had the yeah. so what was going on in my neighborhood the way it got stolen was the because i live in a gated community this guy would roll in on his on his bike with tools to break into cars through the gate in a bike, and then he would steal steal cars and then bounce out. So oh, because you have the little thing on it that opens the gate or whatever. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So uh, they, they catch him. No, they didn't catch him. And they, they, you know what? You know, after my first experience of having a car stolen, they don't do shit. 
Yeah. No. They don't do they, the cop. It's like, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of. <laughs> leads. Remember the, yeah. remember the yeah. movie Superbad when the, the cops come in there and he's like, you going to catch this guy? And they're like, <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. start laughing. No. Yeah. Let's go to the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any leads? Yeah. yeah. Like, leads. Yeah. 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 Let's, yeah. let's check and see if there's any, any semen in here because I'm sure we could figure <laughs> yeah. out. That's I didn't, you know, I really, you know, you watch like CSI and all this bullshit. Yeah, you TV. think there's yeah. DNA everywhere. Yeah. Well, yeah. You think it's like an investigation happens, right? Oh, they steal a car. It's like, you know, there's thumbprints all over this. Yeah. I guarantee it. As a kid, I imagine you know, like this cork board, and they got my car picture up yeah. there. And they got all, the, all this stuff. That's what I envisioned, yeah. right? And the, cop, and the cops is like, "Oh no, yeah. we don't do any of that." Detective Johnson, yeah. what do you have today? I'm yeah. like, "Wait a second, thanks so, for telling us." We'll yeah, exactly. I go, what's, "What's the point of me reporting it?" And he's like, "Well, you know, um, sometimes he says, you know, these cars will get pulled over. <laughs> sometimes, for, yeah, yeah, he goes, yeah. Sometimes these cars will get pulled over for speeding somewhere in Southern California or yeah. something. We'll find it on blocks somewhere, <laughs> some junkyard. You know, yes. you might get lucky. Yeah. 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 So he's a but more more than likely." It's halfway to Mexico right now, and you'll never see it again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it reminds me. I just saw this video. Oh, it's depressing. Now that everybody has those cameras on their doors, those like ring cams or whatever, I have one of those. By the way, they're great, right? Yeah, yeah. But you you see all these like crazy videos of people doing stuff and you know trying to steal packages. I just saw one today. I, there was these, this guy that there were two burglars and they were kicking in the front door, and I guess. As he kicked it, he had a gun on him, and it went off, and he shot himself. <laughs> it was idiot. so great. Yeah. I love it when stuff like that happens. Like, oh yeah. yeah, that's what you get. Yeah, that reminds me of those videos you used to show me where the guys would like have the bike kind of like tied that. to a rope, and they didn't know, and they'd just take it and take off, and then yank it, and then they'd fly off no, the bike. No, the best one is they put uh, airbag. In, under the seat. Oh, so, yeah. Do you know how much force uh, an airbag comes out with? Oh, yeah. it's insane. Oh, yeah. Like you see movies where the airbag comes out. No, no, no. It comes out with gunpowder. Oh, yeah, normally, it normally will. It broke people's noses from it. Like, you oh, know, it's like it's so black eye from seen, it. Yeah, I've seen pranks where they put it underneath the couch uh, cushion. Oh, you'll launch it off. And they the, launch into the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if, if you talk to anybody who's ever hit an airbag with their face, they say it feels like a basketball getting thrown at you really, really hard. Yeah. So it's that's how. Because well, it has force. to open up that quick because it's it yeah. has like yeah split oh yeah i was explaining that to my kids and I'm like what's the use i'm like it's better than a steering wheel a little better yeah, yeah, yeah it's not yeah. gonna hurt nearly as bad anyway dude <laughs> so i was having some uh i was thinking a lot this morning uh about a, a topic and i think i might have uh kind of an idea around uh you know something that everybody's been talking about for a while which is this you know, kind of cancel culture thing that's going on. Hmm. So I have uh, some ideas around. I'd love to ask you guys your opinions on this. So, um, you know, in in the past, if a business or person did something really, really bad, people would stop buying their products and they would suffer in the marketplace, which yeah. is totally understandable. And I actually support that, right? If you're if you're producing a product or you're an entertainer and you're the people don't want to buy your services or products oh. anymore then that's just a consequence of your behaviors. It's a very effective way to protest. It is, and it makes sense. But now what we have with social media is it seems to be uh, like exploding where all it takes is one person to make an accusation from you know, years ago, no evidence needs to happen, or it seems like some of the stuff that they're canceling is like a little like silly half the time. It's like, why is this getting... And people complain about it all the time. 
So I've been thinking about this, and so uh, I looked up. Um, are you guys familiar with mob mentality? The the psychology behind oh yeah mob mentality. Yeah, it's a very interesting phenomenon, right? Like it's it, it actually will take over people's thought process. Like, like somehow, it, is it something to do with like kind of reverting back to this animalistic sort of uh, you know way of it, reacting? It's a distinct uh, psych- uh, phenomenon, psychological phenomenon that happens with people. Now we've all experienced. Is isn't there a study on that where they show like. Uh, where somebody goes over and they go dance in a group and stuff like that, and then the, everyone starts to feel left out, and so they just keep people keep going into the group and adding and adding. Isn't there? Is there that- are there's lots of studies on it. That's yeah. one of them, right? But we've all experienced mob mentality or the or the the feeling around it. Like if you've ever been to a concert, right? Yeah. Or, or you feel it in the air. Honestly. Yes. Or you church or a sporting event where everybody gets riled up and gets excited. You feel lots of emotion. So there's some positives to it, but then the negatives are very interesting. There's a couple. Uh, there's a couple studies that I brought up. To talk about, so there was one where uh, volunteers were told to randomly walk around a large hall without talking to each other, and a select few were then given more detailed instructions on where to walk. And the scientists found that people end up blindly following one or two instructed people who appear to know where they are going. So if you if you're moving with confidence, yeah. then naturally people start to kind of follow you. So there's that. Then there was another one where. They showed that people were more likely to uh, to mark, give something a thumbs up or a like. They were 32% more likely if it already had a thumbs up. And the more thumbs up it has, the more likely they are to agree with that particular statement. Mm-hmm. And so what you have with social media is this uh, you're, you're connecting to so many people and you see so many people doing things that I think what it's doing is it's, an, it's enhancing – mob mentality mm-hmm. and that's why shit starts to get really crazy that's why you get these twitter mobs right mm-hmm. that's why they call them mobs where they yeah. start to pile on to people and do things and um in in mob mentality you also get this like uh like you don't have the same kind of responsibility for your actions so like mm-hmm. you know most individuals would not you know throw uh, a, a torch into a car a police car but then all of a sudden they're in a mob yeah now they then they do it because they, the responsibility now is on on the group. Um, so it's very interesting. I think that's what might be yeah. happening with. Well, it with also social feels media. like there's not a lot of repercussion for piling on and sort of you know ganging up on on somebody, even if the allegations were incorrect and weren't. You know, it comes out later that uh, you know it was verified that uh, you know they weren't part of whatever it was they're accusing them of. And, you know, now we, we go back and like none of these people have any any ramifications for that. Yep. yep it's, it's interesting. Remember, didn't we uh, talk about this before this study? Like you guys have seen this study where they have like, I don't know, I'd say there's like 20 people in like a um, <clears throat> like a medical office. Mm. And when they, they come like the person comes in to ask the next person. They do like a buzz and then that someone stands up. Oh, everybody stands up. Yeah. And they're all actors. Yes. And then before you know it, the person starts copying them all. Yeah. Then yeah. all of a sudden you notice like this person who's not in on it just does it because they see everybody else doing it. That's right. They well, want to fit in. So I've noticed this on my Instagram, which still appears to be somewhat shadow banned, but whatever. Um, I'll do some kind of a post that's I know is a little controversial, but I'll make an argument and I'll do it in my story, right? Mm-hmm. Versus doing it on a post. Yeah. And here's what I notice. If I do a post, I get way more uh, counter arguments and, in, and people who are enraged than when I do a story. Now, you might want to ask yourself, I thought to myself, why is that? Why when I do a story, and back then, before I was shadow banned, my stories yeah. got way more views anyway. I would right, get like right. 10 to 20,000 views. Well, it's because when people comment on a story, 
they know nobody else is going to see yeah. their comment. They don't have the team, the troops behind them, uh, you know, to rally. Oh, that's you. an interesting. Th- that's there, an interesting theory. There's no way to virtue signal to other people. You're just virtue signaling to me. Right, right. So in DM, yeah, it's one to one. Right, it's DM. But if they do it in a in a post, now they can virtue signal to everybody else and right. say. Hey, this made me really mad, everybody. Look at me. I'm the that's one that's super really, mad about this really thing. interesting yeah. theory because, like you said, it's, I mean, you get way more views on stories. So statistically speaking, you should see a lot more yeah. of that negative response. I almost get zero. Yeah. That's yeah. I almost get zero. But if I do a post, now people are like, oh, I got to show everybody how angry mm-hmm. I am or how much I oppose this point of view. Everybody look at me. Now, I don't think people are consciously thinking that. Maybe some people are. But it is very interesting how we get into the psycholo- this, this phenomenon that happens. It's uh, They call it de-individualization yeah. uh, that happens. And I think social media is enhancing that. That's, the, that's one of the big problems. I wonder, too, and I know this isn't like as much of a factor, but also that the story it, it disappears. You know, it kind of moves and then you transition over versus, you know, a static image that's almost like more of a statement. Oh, I yeah, but it doesn't matter though. There's, uh, you know, 20,000 yeah, 20, yeah, like views. Yeah, not to, as much of a factor. To two or 3,000 views. Yep. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it should, you know, based off of that alone, technically the story should get you way more controversy because of just the percentage of people that are watching it. You are commenting, yeah. and when you're commenting, you're co- and it's a public comment, it is, and think about this for yourself even. When you comment, you are aware that the, not just the, po- the person posting it will see your comment, but that other people are going to see your comment. Mm-hmm. And so now all of a sudden you're making a public exclamation and you yeah. know there's a lot of people around you. So that mob mentality starts to kick in. And this is that whole virtue signaling. And virtue signaling isn't just, hey, look, I gave a homeless guy money, therefore I'm a good person. It's also, hey, I'm enraged by this thing yeah. because, oh, look, I'm not a bad person because I'm mad at this thing. Yeah, well, and instead just of actually going and doing something positive nobody about does it, anything. they just look at me. Every, I'm not, yes. Everybody from their perspective right now thinks they're part of a righteous cause. I've just noticed that there's a lot of that out there, regardless of what it is. It's, you know, for some reason, it just feels like the need to, to put their voice mm-hmm. out there and really be adamant that, uh, you know, I'm opposed to all these things that are pretty yeah. fucking well, obvious well, to the rest of us. That, that point, though, that's also what gives me empathy though right mm. so is i really truly believe because and that because i have friends very very close friends that have very opposing views that i do like politically religiously like socially like we just we're on opposite ends of the spectrum but and i know they're good people and so where my empathy comes for it is, from that statement is that i think that most people believe they're coming from a good place yes yeah. i i think they really do believe that the the argument or what they're standing for is a good cause I just don't. I don't. I don't think they can see the. You know, see the trees within the forest. Nobody. Right? Nobody yeah. thinks they're a bad or evil person when they're when they're doing something. Everybody thinks that they're doing something good. And in fact, if you think about the well, emotions, the problem is that they think everybody else is evil. Yes. And now here, think about the emotions that are, are most easiest to manipulate are are feelings that that you think are good. So um, no, but I'm being empathetic. I'm being righteous right now. So you don't back down. You, know, you don't back down because. It's an emotion that you think is is good. This is virtue. I'm, yeah. I'm showing everybody how good I am, or I'm enraged by this, you know, whatever. Look at me, type of thing. And so it just spirals out of control. And so we are literally what we're experiencing. In my opinion, what we're experiencing with social media is this uh, enhanced uh, mob mentality. You know, like again, if you look at like the like riots and that kind of behavior, it only it's much more likely to happen at a ball game. Than it is at work. Yeah. Do you do you think that this is just a a small time in our lives that we're experiencing this, and that what we're going to see in the future is that people just not take social media seriously anymore? Right now, because we're in the thick of it, 
that we get, we get caught up in it, but you have to think that more people will think logically like this about it, that sooner or later, like someone will be like, oh, they'll be barking about something and be like, oh, where did you hear that? Or where did you see that? And you'll go, oh, I saw it on Instagram. Or I saw it on Twitter. Oh, pfft. I don't, I don't, I don't give a, then it doesn't matter to me. It's I not hope, real. I don't well, buy into it. You know what? This actually makes me realize, and this is kind of a silly point, but uh, the need for sports and the need for, you know, expressing whatever mm-hmm. tribalism you have in a, in a healthy setting, you know, and just being able to, yeah, like this is my team. And, and, and but, you know, not actually like having physical altercations and, and, you know, really like, like hammering down uh, and, and, and attacking and cutting people down. That is 100%. This is what, look, uh, I just recently interviewed Bishop Barron. This is uh, something that's going to be released uh, later on. But one of the things we talked about was how we have this natural desire or need. He would say it's God-given. Other people might say it's just part of our evolution that we worship things. And if you eliminate, and this is why it's important to direct it in a direction that's good, mm-hmm. because if you take it away, we naturally will worship something else. Just what we do. Yeah, we, either we, money, right. power, something else. Always. Yeah. And this is why, uh, it, and this is a hundred percent fact, uh, tyrannical totalitarian, um, regimes always eliminate religion because they know that they can't be the ultimate God if there's something else. So we got to get rid of that. And then it's easy to get people to, obey and just do everything you say, even if it's terrible stuff. Yeah. So anyway, it's really interesting. Speaking of social media, by the way, did you see your buddy uh, Jordan Shallow? No, no. I was just, I was, I was teasing the other day. Did you see, I was poking him for the, he had a great deep squat picture. He said, oh, that's a pretty good deep squat for a fat guy. (laughs) (laughs) I love that guy. I'm sure you like that. Well, somebody asked him a a question about blue light blocking glasses. Like, what brand of blue light blocking glasses do you like? And he goes, well, he goes, oh, that guy doesn't wear that shit. No, he goes, he goes, well, you know, if I, you know, I guess people who are, you know, might might have trouble sleeping because they can't, you know, because of taking people's money. So I guess they need something to whatever. He just can't get behind he's, any biohacking anything. He's, he's the young smartest. And, he's young and invincible right he's now. He's the bro. smartest meathead I've ever met in my life. Sometimes he does stuff and I'm like, that's a, come on, bro. Look at the science. Yeah. yeah. Look at the science. Yeah, it's early right now. It's still early. So here's there's, what I want. There's do. a lot of things that I know for sure, because you were a very smart, well read young guy too. Yeah. There's a lot of things that you, you know, you've you've read enough that you've made your decision on things and you just haven't experienced it yet. And He's probably in the whole like sleep or you know, I'll sleep when I die. Of course, that, yeah. of course, well, that's where yeah. like a hardy trains. We need yeah. to send him a pair. Is what we need to do. <laughs> I'm serious, and yeah. tell him, say, just try them. Uh, try, try a pair of Felix Gray's. Pair of Nash. Where I'm at night. He's yeah. a good sport, so he'll have fun. He definitely will razz his back for doing that. But I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I love him for you. Know what I'm saying he's yeah. always doing shit like that. I think that's funny. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> anyway, so hey, so um, let's let's do a little update on. I, we've been working out. We have all been trying to, you know, I don't know what we're doing with our nutrition, uh, but I I've started to change it a little bit mm. because. Uh, I snore laying on my side now. So this is a sign. Really? I'm a little heavy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's nice. laughs> yeah you're carrying a little bit of weight I there, never huh? snore laying on my side, but now all of a sudden I snore oh, on wow. my side. So I changed a few things, and the first thing I changed was breakfast. I'm just I'm just reduced to the calories. Are you guys doing anything different yet, or are you guys still? Um, I'm just in the – so I'm still I'm not tracking right now. Uh, those that care will have seen. I mean, I'm doing the day in the life for us on Mind Pump Media, right? So right now I'm, I'll track so everybody will actually see what a day of eating so far looks like. So so I'm on meal two right today. Uh, meal one was uh, oatmeal with some uh, whey, whey protein and strawberries. Uh, was my early seven o'clock something breakfast. And then I just ate again, had my four scrambled eggs and sourdough toast dry and then uh, bacon. Uh, and then normally meal three uh, will be something like either like a protein bowl from Luna, which is basically just like chicken or steak, rice and beans type of dish. 
Um, or I'll go home and I'll eat what we have leftovers from last night, which is a, uh, she does it in the Instant Pot. Katrina does like shredded chicken with rice and like a cilantro thing. So like rice and chicken basically. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll all eat that probably. So I'll eat two more meals by the end of the day. Uh, and they'll most likely look some of that. So, but I'm not weighing. I'm not weighing. I'm not measuring. Uh, I'm I'm eating when I'm hungry. Um, I'm making good choices, uh, and I'm and I'm making sure that if we do something like I haven't had a burger in quite some time now. Uh, I'm trying to think what I ate off off the menu lately. Mm. Um, I've been pretty pretty dialed in with food, so I've been good. Uh, but I'm not at that point where I'm really trying to mm. ratchet. Are you noticing it changes yet? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, from I'm, the workouts, I mean, obviously, I can see both you guys look. Uh, you guys yeah. look like you're well, getting fit. For and sure. so, and and by the way, that's kind of how I decide when I am gonna, you know, change things. Like right now, I'm seeing great progress. I'm getting stronger. Mm -hmm. I can see my body composition changing. Mm -hmm. I'm just eating when I'm hungry, eating what what I want, but being mindful of what it is. And I'll continue that path until I feel like I'm kind of hitting a plateau. Mm -hmm. And then once I start to see like I'm kind of hitting a plateau, that's when I'll get I'll start to dial in the nutrition a little bit more. Whether I decide to go down or go up, I haven't decided yet. Like so, I'm I'm enjoying kind of putting size on right now, and so I'm actually like I said, eating whenever I'm hungry and okay. Mm -hmm. If I'm putting some weight on, I'm definitely going up in weight. Uh, but I'm also noticing some things that I'm not liking. Like I, my, my joints are talking to me a little bit. I had to back off some of the volume. Uh, I've noticed like a little bit of, uh, range of motion going away because I'm starting to get a little bulky. Uh, so I, my legs are kind of, were achy. I was complaining that to you the other day, Sal, like, so there's a lot of little things that I'm starting to notice now that may make me, me go, okay, uh, I've been eating enough for a while. I'm, I'm going to cut down for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, you actually inspired me. This is probably you know not the best thing for me, but uh, with my shakes, I'll do the peanut butter chocolate one from Legion, and I'll do like peanut butter in there, but also Nutella. It's like, dude, this is so good. Yeah. Oh, my God. But yeah, so I had that. Wait, wait, so you're doing protein powder, is yes. it, and it's peanut butter flavored? It's it's chocolate peanut butter, and so then it's like you maybe chocolate, and then you add, and then you add real peanut butter, the real stuff, and then add and Nutella, then add Nutella, oh, it's, a, uh, with milk. It's uh, Justin's gainer. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a bit of a gainer drink, so I've definitely up my calories a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I fell off a little bit last night. Obviously, like with the, my birthday, I went and I had oh uh, yeah, had some, happy birthday, had some drinks, dude. So I kind of like thanks. Yeah, I kind of uh, had a few beverages, but uh, other than that, I've, I haven't been like doing a whole lot with desserts, none of that. I, so I, you're I 41 now. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, right. It's, that's it. In the, in the forty. I'll be. I'll be turning forty-two soon. You guys are so. Adam, old. dude. Lots I mean, of wisdom. I'm, I'm in my thirty. Deal. I'm in my thties still. So it's like I'm young. Still. You're thirty-nine, bro. <laughs> You're at the it. end. The youngin. I hate the end. I'd rather be in the beginning of one decade than the end of yeah. another. Really? Yeah. It sounds in thirty-nine. I'm hanging on to saying I'm in my thirties though. I'm, no. I'm hanging bro, on. Bro, the to best. That. The <laughs> best decade. If you actually look it up oh, for dude, men. Forty's awesome. Yes. You look it up, especially if they maintain their health, if they're fit and healthy. Healthy, uh, is the 40s. This is when men have. Is their, that what they say? Yeah, it's their peak burning because power. They're still healthy and fit. The libido is still good as long as they take care of themselves. Now, now the, the peak attractiveness, now, especially if they're successful. Maybe the studies say that, but the the feedback that I've gotten from my advanced age clients, my boot camps, everything I've read is that it just keeps getting better with age. Hmm. So you might lose, you know, how fit and strong you are yeah. compared to 40. You might be, but 
as you age, at least all the clients that I ever trained, they would tell me that. And I was always fascinated because I loved asking that. It was one of my favorite questions yeah, to ask I clients to was, too. is, you know, did you have an era that was like your favorite? You know, <laughs> did you did you have a time or like- Don't you, get offended, but I'd like to know if you had an era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. What was your era? No, I, and, and they, they would all, I mean, they all wouldn't say the exact same thing. Some would say like, oh man, I, you know, back in the 90s, I, there was some good times where I did this, but they would all at the end of that say, but you know what, Adam, like- I'm, I love my life today more than I've mm. ever, and it just keep, and they tell me, just trust me, as you age, it just gets better. Just mm. different things get better. So well, appreciate more things. Well, I think as long as your health, if you're, if you mean, because when you have bad health, it's, wow, that's tough, right? Right. That's a different story, right? But I'm, if I'm, talking have, about, I'm talking about clients that are working out with me, exactly. right? So they care well, yeah. about their fitness. But if you have good health, so no major health issues, you just get more wise. Because yeah. I tell you what, could that, you, like, okay, all of us are now, we could say early 40s are almost right. Would you ever want to go back to the same mentality and wisdom that you had ten years ago? No, I, I had a lot of fun in my twenties, but I still wouldn't trade where I'm at today. Yeah, I mean, that, comparing yourself yeah. now to your twenties, you were pro a Neanderthal in wisdom senses right, compared no. to how. I mean, my hair was a lot better in the twenties. <laughs> you had nice hair. Though. Yeah, I was. I was a pretty good-looking young kid. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so not so much that anymore. But then you don't give hey, a fuck. You're you know so <laughs> handsome. You have a lot of room, dude. Let's go. Let it go. Yeah, yeah. Just, you yeah. got. You got to go way yeah. worse. Yeah, yeah. Before you make up for it in the chest. Yeah. <laughs> you get locks on your chest. You know, He's not out. even hairy in his body. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know? uh, Doug, is it true? Does it get better with every decade? Is this your favorite decade so far? I would say yes, actually. Of course, you're with us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, really. How could I make this about I've always that? said I've been a uh, late bloomer in my life, right? So it should have been my 40s, but it's really my 50s, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Well, you're, yeah. yeah, you just defy... I, I think Father time, I right? think that yeah. we're we're continuing to look older. You're continuing to stay the same. That you could start to lie about your age. I won't tell anybody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've been, <laughs> Even I've though been, we've already announced it. I well, what that you're 80. I've been telling people that since 79. The, yeah. Come on, I've been saying that for a long time. Just start your lying. Just yeah. say you're 42. You look 42. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you look really good. Will yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just the, the wisdom. I would never trade trade that for anything. And I I used to love training older clients because of that. Because I would mm -hmm. talk to them about things. And you know when you're a kid, you're like, ah, oh, what do you? And then you know you start saying, wait a minute, uh, patience. You're not. Yeah, you're just you're, more level-headed. Yeah, you're not really, know where it all goes. You're not reactive anymore yeah. like that. I was like, man, I was wound up as a. I was like full of full of emotion, dude. Full of energy. Oh, yeah, like right. I could easily get go left and right. Like where I somebody just, could cut me off, and I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna get you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? like, that was crazy. You're, just, you're a little bit different now. <laughs> just a tiny bit. I, I turned down the knob a little bit, yeah. but yeah. not when people speed in my uh, uh, back. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, speaking of which, uh, it was a hella windy. Uh, Do you have a backyard? Still? Yeah. So, like, how would you get <laughs> I here? I hope so. Yeah. Uh, so we were expecting to have like these forty mile an hour winds and all this crazy stuff, and so I had to like park uh, at this field, uh, like a mile away, and then walk back to my house. Uh, just to because my neighbors down the street, the last time we had winds like that, had both their cars got their windows smashed and all that stuff from these like falling limbs. So. Courtney was worried about, I wasn't really, I was like, whatever, you know, like if, if I hear the wind and I hear thuds and whatnot, then maybe we'll go downstairs, but it didn't happen last night. So maybe there's, apparently there's more of that coming in this week. So I'm just still kind of crossing my fingers. Yeah, because you guys got a warning to evacuate for fire and then like- 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like a few, like uh, what, two days later? Oh, it was started raining. Now a hey, flood warning. Yeah, <laughs> like, flood warning, uh, landslide. You know, like flash flood stuff. Because I mean, if you think about it, all all the trees and everything that was holding the soil together and all that is like it's just going to like come through with. It's supposed to be like twelve inches of rain, uh, and, and even more today and tomorrow. So uh, it's just like you know we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of crazy stuff. Now the thing I find most interesting about this is that you love. Every bit of this, you I just, love it, I, I mean, even with this weird year that you've had of having to evacuate <laughs> no, your house and fucking fires twice coming after you, now a flood. It's been and really still, intense, dude. And you're like, nah, still, still like uh, to live here. I yeah. got love for it. Like, I honestly, it hasn't ever been like this. Like, there's been like a few bad, windy, kind of like rainy seasons and whatnot, <laughs> but it hasn't been like this apocalyptic. Uh, and so I just, I know it's not ever, it's not always going to be like this. And I know it scares a lot of people away. So that actually makes me even more like, oh, this is my place. <laughs> I, so you guys I, go away. I, so, I feel like I have a picture of a, a tree branch through your fucking roof. From yeah, my, it's on my your Instagram. Yeah, 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 yeah so. they're still there. That's a huge one too. Yeah, yeah, that was scary. So like the wind is going crazy, shit's falling down, Justin's in his house being like, yeah, get rid of the yeah. pussies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Get rid of them. Keep doing it, God. Get rid of all <laughs> these weak <laughs> neighbors. Weenies. I want to live by myself <laughs> in my neighborhood. <laughs> just rather clear it out, you yeah. know? Oh my God. Hey, do you guys see what's going on with uh, Bezos and uh, Elon Musk, the race for the the satellite internet's going on right now. So that's the big... So these guys are trying oh, wow. to... What a mix-up. Yeah. That would do. Right? So he's then, got satellites everywhere, and right. essentially he could give everybody... Internet. Oh. So this is what he's been doing that whole time, shooting those rockets up. Yes. Yes. Hmm. And so it's a race who can provide it first. So it's going to be really interesting. Talk about disrupting that whole space. Like wow. your AT&T, Comcast. I mean, they kind of... Finally, dude. Elon is my favorite billionaire because I feel like he's the least likely to be controlled by whatever. Mm. Like I feel like he just does whatever he wants. I I agree. And I like that. I like I, that about I, him. I agree with you, too. He's such a hedge against, uh, you know, all You either love him or hate him, though. There's a, I, have, I have people that just that think he's a no, he's an idiot and he's an asshole and all this stuff. Like yeah, that. He doesn't like, ah. follow rules. Yeah. 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 He is kind of, I mean, he's obviously so smart that he's weird. Oh, yeah, know? they're on the spectrum. We tried to watch that oh, Jack, Jack Ma and him having a-, having a Talk about the most awkward oh, conversation ever Oh, my God, was that awkward. I, I really wanted to listen to him. I can't, I can't handle this. Well, so let me ask you guys a question. Okay, Elon, okay, obviously there's differences in- height and strength we know it's very clear when you see physical change differences like the average man is five nine there's some people that are over seven feet you have them stand next to each other it just doesn't even look the same right there's even probably bigger gaps when it comes to intelligence especially sure. at the extreme level sure yeah so we think he's weird i wonder what he feels like in a room of average people do you think it's like if we were sitting in a room with monkeys you know like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, all these monkeys. Well, I, w- I would. This I'm, one's drooling. I don't know. I, I, I feel like a part of you is uh, is semi tortured by that intelligence, right? Oh, he says he was. Yeah, yeah he, I, t- he said. It on I Rogan. think when you're that brilliant, you can't get at it. How? I mean. I definitely am nowhere on this the spectrum. I'm like, like I'm, Adam's like I'm tortured. Kind yeah, of. yeah, on the other end, <laughs> right? So, but and I can't and I and I can't uh, and it's hard for me to get out of my own. That was my point. My point is that I'm not comparing myself to Elon Musk by any means, and it's it's a constant uh, effort to be uh, mindful and present mm-hmm. and not be in my head, right? So I, I already I think of myself as a cerebral person, not a brilliant person, right? So I can't imagine being cerebral and brilliant like that. 
how are you not every time you walk in a room troubleshooting right. how you would do it differently and would the or just bored well, all well, the time? Yeah, I mean, he just like constantly gets inundated with ideas that pretty much would affect like big industries and like you know, and, and so I'm sure he just feels like if I don't do this, like you know, he must feel like a lot of weight, like I have to do this because I'm getting these ideas for a reason. Yeah, you right. can't. I mean, how I don't know. For, I think it would be so awesome to get him just in a room, not recording anything, so he could just say whatever he wants, and then here, here's a joint. Elon, let's go. I, so I think let's he would. I think it would be awkward. I think it would be really weird because I don't think he would. Ha- he wouldn't have anything at our level to talk to us about. Mm. And all the things that we find interesting, I think he would find as lame and boring. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Even the, That's even still the, cool. Elon, how stupid am I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would be boring. I really believe it would be boring. Probably. I think, yeah, I think that it. He's. He's so far on that spectrum that I don't know if he can just yeah. let his hair down and have a fun. Who do we like? We normally like the people when we interview someone, which, by the way, we've had some brilliant minds and, and amazing people come through the studio. Yeah. My favorite are the people when we hang the mics up, no matter, I don't give a fuck how smart they are, how many books they wrote, whatever, just the down to earth person. Yeah, of course. I, yeah. That, I enjoy that conversation. I about, do, though, like the really deep conversations with people who are just. So brilliant that I I, ca- I catch myself listening, uh, getting lost. Yeah, no, no. I so I enjoy those interviews. Yeah. So I enjoy it, like there's been a handful of interviews where we've interviewed somebody, and I actually I'm not thinking about interviewing them. I'm just listening to right. what they have to say because of how brilliant they are. But those people rarely ever are the ones that when we hang the mic up, I think are normal people. Mm. They those are the ones that are kind of weird and different that have these this crazy yeah. brilliant shit that I, that I love to listen to. Yeah. But it's not somebody I would hang out with. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I can see what you're saying. I still think it would be I hanging out with them all the time might be like that, but one time I think it would be really cool. <laughs> so anyway, you hear yeah. me, Elon. Yep. Yeah, let's hang. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from A. Wenman. How often should you switch up your exercises used for trigger sessions? Should you always be doing trigger sessions or phase them in and out of your daily routine? I'm curious, and Sal, you're kind of obviously you're the the creator of this. um, How you do this? I personally don't. um, I don't really switch mine up because the way I look at it is the. It's more about facilitating recovery and just sending a signal to that muscle. I really don't put a lot of energy in trying to be creative with doing a bunch of different exercises all the yeah, time. Yeah, it doesn't make a, it doesn't really make that big of a difference. So for for people who are listening who are, aren't familiar with trigger sessions, essentially these are short uh, eight to ten minute workouts uh, with typically with resistance bands and body weight, and they're low intensity. You're 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 just trying to get a little bit of a pump. Um, and the idea is to do these on off days. So if I hit my chest yesterday. Today, I'm not hitting chest. I could still do two or three trigger sessions, okay? So two or three eight-minute workouts throughout the day where I'm giving my chest a little bit of a pump. So I might do some push-ups. I might do band, you know, fly, something like that. Now, the idea is exactly what you're saying, Adam, is to continue to send a muscle-building signal and to speed up uh, recovery. So it really doesn't make a huge difference. Really, what you want to pay attention to is don't do movements that are too intense. Mm-hmm. So uh, trigger sessions that are real intense, now you're going to start to impair recovery rather than facilitate recovery. 
and it starts to kind of get in your own way. So the low intensity movements are best. Bands, I love bands because they don't damage the body as much as weights do uh, or as much as body weight exercises do or machines. They're super convenient. Um, and I like to do trigger sessions for just kind of the whole body, kind of send that signal to the whole body. It's one of the more effective, I guess, uh, ways to augment your workouts that I've ever seen in my entire life. Anytime I've ever been consistent with trigger sessions, I see my body change very, very quickly. Like within a week, um, I notice a difference. So, uh, so that's essentially, it doesn't really matter. You don't need to change up the exercises too much. If you're doing trigger sessions for your upper body, you could do the same ones all the time, as long as you're getting a little bit of a pump and you're not overdoing it and you're doing them frequently, because that's the important thing is doing frequent, then you're good. Yeah. It just takes me back to when we were like first starting a podcast and I was going through that transformation and, uh, you guys are trying to coach me on uh, trigger sessions and I was definitely overdoing it with intensity is just like an old habit that where you just go into a workout and you just want to smash your way through it and, and do all the reps and okay, what do I, what else do I do? But it wasn't really monitoring the amount of intensity that I was applying into that and not reaping the benefits of it. Really, it's it's supposed to be there to recover and charge you in going to the next workout. I think that's the biggest mistake I see people make. Yes. So yeah. most people very, very that common. are trying to apply this, it, they are they're treating it like a like a workout workout. Mm -hmm. Like I just I don't think of it like a workout. It's like a quick pump, mm -hmm. right? And it should be. And I, even like push ups sometimes can be too damaging, right? If you don't do if you can't do twenty push ups very well, like doing three or four sets of twenty push ups, you're probably gonna get sore from that. The idea is not to get sore from your trigger sessions. It's it's more of a recovery thing than than it is that. So. I mean, I'm doing very basic band movements to just send some blood and fluid in there for you know eight to ten minutes, real quick. That's a hundred percent. You're just yeah. trying to get a pump. Like to use your example of push-ups, uh, you know, I could probably rep out. I don't know. I've never, I haven't repped out push-ups in a long time. I'm sure I could do 50, 60, maybe seventy push-ups. Uh, so, but maybe for, 100, maybe three hundred. I don't know. But for my, <laughs> who knows? I don't know. I could do. Uh, definitely put it this way. I, could, I know I could do at least fifty, right, or yeah. more. My trigger sessions would be about 12 to 15 push-ups. Right. Just to give you an example. Right, two of, or three sets of 12 to 15. Yes, and again, I'm just squeezing. I'm trying to get a pump in the muscle. That's the focus. The focus is not, can I get a workout? Can I hammer my body? And so now, how would you do this in your in your routine? Well, if you're following you know, three full body workouts, um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, then you would do trigger sessions on Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, and Sundays. You could do them. Mm. You want to do them frequently, uh, up to three times in a day. You want to space them out. What if you do a body part split, right? What if you do a split where Monday I hit chest, shoulders, and triceps, and Wednesday I hit back and biceps, and then I hit legs on Wednesday and repeat type of deal? Well, then you could do trigger sessions for the body parts uh, that you're not working that day. So if I did chest, shoulders, and triceps yesterday, today's back and biceps. My normal workout is the back and bicep workout, and then later on I do a trigger session for all the other stuff. Right? I also like using them similar to how if I like our um, Maps Aesthetic programs designed with focus sessions. So a lot of times I'll do trigger sessions just on the muscle groups that I'm trying to develop. I'm trying to accelerate growth there. Like you have, if you have lagging body parts, mm -hmm. let's say you're shoulders are underdeveloped to your arms, then my trigger sessions may always be shoulder work. Mm -hmm. It might just, I'm just trying to sit because I'm trying to get those to catch up to other body parts. Um, this is where it can be kind of moldable. It doesn't have to necessarily mean you have to go through every single muscle and hit it two to three times a day on those off days. You know, if you're really trying to develop an area that's lagging, like that's a great thing to do trigger sessions for yeah, is focus I, on those muscles. And I've experimented mm -hmm. with, because uh, I trained lots of clients and had them experiment with this before I ever put it in uh, MAPS Anabolic. And, uh, I, you know, I've, I've experimented with weights, with body weight, with machines. 
and with bands and for everybody bands was the best bands mm-hmm. just produce for trigger sessions bands produced the best results so least so damaging it is so just stick with that next question is from Catherine health journey i've been working out on the combat stretch for well over six months as well as other ankle mobility drills and it seems like my mobility has barely changed. Uh, a, this is a long journey, man. It is. Yeah, it it's can also, be frustrating. It's also sure. hard because I can't ask uh, this person any more questions. Like, how often are you doing right. these mobility drills? How intense are they? Are you mm-hmm. doing these frequently? Is it just at the end of your workouts? Uh, and then what does the rest of your workout look like? Those are all important questions because mobility doesn't just improve, especially in hard uh, areas, just because you do – you know, mobility work two days a week, or maybe it will, but mm-hmm. it just takes a long time. Um, it could take longer than six months. Mobility is best done, work is best done daily, every yeah. day on that area if you really want to see an improvement. Yeah, well, I think those are all valid questions because I would assume, like, and I've talked to some people who have, you know, listened to the show and, and we talk a lot about like priming before the workouts, but, you know, really that's just a fraction of the day. If this is a corrective need uh, with your ankle, this should be something that you're applying as frequently as you can think about it throughout the day with, you know, low intensity, but um, it's just a signal that you're really honing in on and you're sharpening. And um, you, if you can attach this to, to everyday activities, like even, you know, after lunch, uh, you know, before breakfast, like as, as you get out of the shower, like as many things as you can attach this to, it, it's going to have a lot more effect. I, yeah. I really think that the the success that I had with improving my ankle mobility has a lot to do with it was at the same time that I was working at Orange Theory. And the way that they run these classes is you have these um, two, three minute like circuits or sprints or whatever. And in between that time, um, I, I have I have two or three down down minutes. And I would get down in these this squat. And back then, I couldn't even squat down without my heels coming up off the ground. And that's all I was trying to practice was getting down in that mm. squat and holding, getting comfortable in that position and connecting to the floor. Like I think because I was doing it all day, in addition to before I go to lift, I spent my you know, 15, mm-hmm. 20 minutes of priming and mobility work. And then even then, I'd say it took probably a solid year before I felt like I could look back at like pictures and be like, whoa, look at the difference mm-hmm. in my squat. Like mm-hmm. It's completely changed from what it was. But it was a solid year, and it was not a solid year of just, oh, today's workout day, so I need to prime a little bit, and I'm going to do my ankle mobility, and that's it. It was a constant theme. I was always thinking about it through the day that I want to improve this. I want to get better at it. And so any chance I got to sit down in a squatted position or do a little bit of a combat stretch, it was a constant – because you have to remember, like we get to this place – because of our other behaviors. Mm-hmm. And, and and unless you completely change what you were doing before, then you just doing a little bit of, of corrective mobility work uh, a couple times or even five or six times a week is not enough to counter. It's competing signals. Yes, exactly. It's it's, it's and, and I think an easier one to explain because the ankle, some people have a harder time thinking about like seating, being in a seated position on a table or I mean on a desk or whatever or a chair, how that works against you or isn't in your favor of getting a better ankle mobility but think of it like somebody who has forward shoulder and like let's pretend like a, like i have a hairstylist that i've trained before right and the whole day 
they got eight hours mm-hmm. of cutting hair and doing stuff in front of them. And so they're in this very forward rounded position because of their job. That's eight hours of doing that. Me doing prone Cobra and some shoulder mobility and chest stretches, like the three times a week I see them is not going to completely reverse all that shit mm-hmm. that they're going the opposite side. So it's, it's constant attention to it. Now, maybe I can get a little bit of like what this person might be feeling. I get a, I feel like I've made a little bit of progress or I feel a little bit better, but it, there needs to be a lot of attention around it constantly. If, if, if you want to see massive improvement in it. Next question is from five foot Lisa Ruiz. Is there any scenario where you would recommend a fat burner? Never. Yes. Well, so, okay. So I have, I have a love hate relationship with fat burners. So here's the, the hate part. Okay. Um, they don't burn body fat. Now, I know studies. There are studies that are done on on compounds like soniferin and yohimbi and colis forscoli, for example, that will show that it in, enhances fat mobilization in the study and you know all this stuff. But really, what's what's happening, especially the studies that show that people lose weight, so they'll take some of these products and then they'll lose a little bit of weight, and so they say, oh, it's the fat burner uh, that's burning the body fat. Really, what's typically happening is the fat burner is changing the person's behavior. Yes. It's yeah. no different than if I put a shock collar on you and let, and I shocked you every 15 minutes all day long, that shock collar would be a fat burner. Yeah. It'll make same, it move. The, the same, the same theory I in like those studies. Idea. Well, no, that's exactly what it is. It's mm-hmm. what Sal's alluding to right now is that it gives you like energy, like cat and normally they have caffeine. And so it makes you jittery or moving around and like mm-hmm. we're, it's the same reason why, uh, Adderall, uh, makes people lose weight, right? It's the like Adderall, um, it makes you move more and it makes your appetite uh, go down. And this is where the fat loss effects uh, come from with fat burners. Now, before you get excited and go buy the next fat burner, there's you know what goes up uh, must also come down. And the body does start to adapt to these fat burners by down-regulating receptors and changing your hormones and changing your body's own natural chemical uh, production of certain things like norepinephrine and epinephrine to the point where, and, and we can all relate to this with a very common popular stimulant known as caffeine, you get to the point where then you need the product to feel normal. So mm. if you can think back, you know, maybe it's too far away to, to remember, but if you can think back to the time you first had coffee, the magic that you felt, it was like, oh my gosh, I could do everything. I'm so happy. I'm so productive. Memories. This is incredible, right? But if you drink it every single day, after a few months, you get to the point where you wake up and you're like, I need coffee to just operate. Now I need it just to feel normal. What's happened is your body's normal has adjusted so that the coffee now makes you normal. So now you need the coffee to be normal. You're no longer getting any of those benefits. Fat burners work the same way. So you take the fat burners, you feel all the whatever for a month or two, then you're taking them, now you start to feel normal, nothing's happening anymore, then you go off of them, because you have to at some point, and then you go like through a one to three week period where you feel like garbage because your normal's down here, you don't have anything to bring you back up to normal, your body's got to readjust. That point you're making is the same reason why, too, you see the evolution of pre-workouts. Mm-hmm. I, I remember a time when, you know, 50 to 100 milligrams of caffeine was... Uh, that was a pre-workout. That was a pre-workout. Your pre-workouts now have 300 to 450 uh, milligrams of caffeine uh, now. No. That was not That was not a thing just 10 years ago. No. So, but it's But because so many people drink, you know, Starbucks every single morning, which has got 100 and something milligrams of it, they needed to make the pre-workout so much more in order for people to feel it. Mm-hmm. Because if you gave everybody a 50 milligram caffeine type of pre-workout... 
they'd be like, this shit doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it's not that it doesn't work, it's that your body's adapted to taking in 100 to 200 milligrams of caffeine on a regular day, that if I gave you another 150 to 200 milligrams in a pre-workout, you would think it's nothing to you. Well, so so just to give you an example, right? So uh, you look at the energy drink market, right? I'm old enough to remember Red Bull was the first energy drink to hit the market. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, this stuff is crazy. A, a normal can of Red Bull has 80 milligrams of caffeine. Okay, Now we have uh, Monster and all these other competitors. 250. That are, right. Mm-hmm. 200, between 160 to 250 milligrams of caffeine. Before Red Bull, do you know what the, the energy drink was? Classic Jolt Cola. Do you guys remember Jolt Cola? Yeah, yeah. what is that? I think is 50 or so 60 milligrams? In that? Yeah, it was like 50 to 60 milligrams of caffeine. Yeah. You know, it was like three times as much caffeine as a normal Coke. And, you know, people would drink it and get all freaked out. And so, but now look at that market. It's exploded because we've gotten ourselves so adapted that we need more and more to to feel anything. So that's my my love hate with with fat burners. Can they work in the short term if they suppress your appetite, give you energy? Yes, in the long term, probably not and the withdrawals are just the way, look, if you if you feel shitty going off coffee and you and we all do, you go off coffee for a week and you feel like garbage, it's worse with fat burners. There's much more stimulants in there. And going off those, it should just feel terrible. Not to mention, too, you're splitting hairs, too. So even the yes. even the bit that it does help, yeah. I mean, is is negated by the extra ounce of cheese you throw on or right. the you know the the soda it's you still decide the to behaviors have. that matter. Yeah. So I mean, the, the it's not it's not enough to make that big of a change. And to Sal's point, it's only a matter of time before your body's adapted to that, anyways. And so it's like it's a it's pointless. Next question is from Fit as Trucker. How important is it to have a goal in fitness, such as fat loss, competition, or aesthetics? I think having a goal gives you a direction so you can create the structure of your program and have an idea of how you want to eat based off of your goal and sleep and all that stuff. Hmm. But I think um, falling in love with the goal and making everything about the goal is one of the biggest mistakes people make in fitness because uh, if you make it all about the goal – Either one, if you set the goal in a way that's not realistic and you completely and you totally start to fail hitting it, then you're out completely. Or this sounds like a good thing, but you hit the goal, but because it was all about the goal, you've lost all your wind. You've lost all your motivation. Now that I'm here, I lost my 30 pounds that I want to lose so bad. Now I need to maintain and I haven't fallen in love with the journey. Now everything sucks and I tend to, you know, go backwards. So Goals are good, but fall in love with the journey. That's what I always say. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think the goal itself is is great for providing structure and to you know make your workouts effective. But at the same time, you you almost have to abandon your goal and be flexible, almost like as you start to really get into it. And it's, that's a hard thing to uh, you know if you're very like adamant on getting to the destination of the goal versus mm-hmm. you know really uh, it's starting to like and enjoy the process of getting towards the goal. I think I think having a goal is necessary. I just don't think having a goal fits in these categories of such as fat loss, competition, or aesthetics. There's thousands of great goals for you to have, and I think it's always evolving and changing. Mm. So I think that if you're going to be successful in health and fitness, I think you have to have a goal. But it doesn't necessarily need to be anything that even comes close to fitting in this category. Your goal could be, I just want to get good at squatting. That's a great goal. Mm -hmm. And it's a great thing for you to focus on for a long period of time where all you think about is, I'm going to get good at squatting. Or a great goal is I'm going to improve my ankle mobility, yeah. like the last question that we had. Alleviate pain in yeah. a very specific job. Right. I'm going to just, you know, I've got all this chronic pain going on in my body. I am going to work at learning 
why that is, what the root cause is, addressing it and fixing it in my body. I'm going, a great goal is I'm going to dedicate this year to getting really good at nutrition, understanding what my body needs and what works for me and tracking and paying attention to how my body, I mean, there's a million goals that you can have. And I think it's important that you have some sort of direction and goal if you're going to be successful in health fitness. But I think the problem is, is that because of, for advertising purposes, we've been cattled into these, you know, general uh, categories of fat loss, muscle building, be an athlete, go compete. Like, it's like, no, it, it, you, you can make it whatever you want to be. And it shouldn't fit in just these categories, but I do think that it's important that you have something in mind. And this, to me, is how I personally have stayed in love with fitness for as long as I have because my goals are always changing. I mean, in the, the time that we've been together, I've had several different like serious fitness goals that I've been going after, and and a lot of times none of them fit in this category. Yeah, no, that's mm -hmm. a good point. Um, you know, I've also found a lot of success with making the having behavior goals that end up giving me right. uh, effective side effects. Like for example, uh, you know, let's say my let's say I want to lose weight. Well, rather than making the weight loss the goal, I say my goal is to make it to the gym three days a week. So that's my goal. I'm going to focus on that. Goal. And then the behavior then uh, and resulting. I used to do this with my sales guys, right? So when, when I run gyms and I had sales teams, uh, rather than giving them a sales goal, you have to hit this much money, I'd say you ha your goal is to make this many phone calls and have this many appointments, which I know would result in- I did the same thing with right. trainers. Trainers were so um, resistant to uh, talking about sales and money and stuff like that because they're here to help people. And so I, I had to figure out a way, how do I motivate these these guys and girls to hit these quotas that I need so I can be successful? And so I just unpacked it and just like I knew that if this if trainer A talked to 20 people right. a day that it would Put result this many appointments. Yes. And, fits, and yeah. so, yeah. I, so, yeah, you can set um, you can set a lot of different goals. I think it is necessary to have some sort of direction. Otherwise, it's really easy to uh, become unmotivated because if you're just if you're just relying on the motivation for that day to get to the gym and you have no direction or no focus. Um, you, you need you, a, you need a target, yeah. but you know it's like shooting an arrow. Like you need to, a target to aim at, but you also need to fall in love with the process of pulling the arrow back and letting go, right? Because if it's all about hitting the target, you hit the target. I'm done. See you guys later. Right. But if you love the process, well, now you can change your goals uh, on a whim. You can make the goals be whatever you want. But I love the. F I here's the deal. I'll never stop training or working out because I love the process of working out. But when I'm working out. I always have a target. I know kind of the direction that I'm going. It gives me an idea of what my workout and stuff should look right. like. Look, Mind Pump is recorded on video as well as audio, so you can come find us on YouTube, Mind Pump Podcast. We also have a bunch of free information that's available, written information, guides that are designed to help people out. So we have guides on getting a better squat. We have guides on developing better shoulders or arms or legs or better midsection. We have fat loss guides. We have tons and tons of guides. They're all totally free. Go to mindpumpfree.com. You can download one of them or all of them. They cost absolutely nothing. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. 
The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. Mind Pump.